0: Is anything being done to stem the rising tide of inner-city asthma? You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Lori Malinowski. Lori is a registered nurse and holds a Master's of Science in Parent-Child Nursing. She is a clinical research nurse with the Division of Allergy Immunology at Children's Memorial Hospital in Chicago, Illinois. She currently is involved in the NIH multi-site study investigating a new treatment for pediatric asthma. Hi, Lori. Thanks for joining us today at the Clinician's Roundtable.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to speak with you.
0: Today, we're discussing the inner-city anti-IGE therapy for asthma study. Would you give us a quick, brief capsule summary for those who may not yet be familiar with the study?
1: Uh, Yes, this is a multi-site, double-blind, placebo-controlled study that is looking to reduce asthma in the inner-city population of children uh, between the ages of 6 and 20.
0: When did the study start, and how long is it going to run?
1: Well, it's a 24-month study. It began the summer of 2006 and runs about two years.
0: So you're coming up pretty close to the end of the enrollment period?
1: We will be enrolling through the end of January of 2008.
0: And how many children are going to make up the study population?
1: Well, the goal is to have 500 children divided into two groups, the placebo group and the Zolaire group. So that works out to about 62 children per site.
0: And how are the sites doing?
1: Well, we are having difficulty reaching the recruitment goal. Some sites, you know, have a few more than others, but I would say in generally it's, it's probably about the same.
0: And you will accept referrals from primary care physicians, is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: And how would they go about contacting you or contacting a study center?
1: The best way to contact us is to call us at area code 773-327-3701. And if it's somebody in the Chicago inner city area, we would make an appointment for them here. If it was somebody from one of the other, uh, living in one of the other cities, we would certainly forward their information to that site and they would be contacted.
0: And those would include cities such as?
1: Yes, Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, New York, Tucson, Washington.
0: Ah, great. So, and people from those cities, any of our audience can contact you and you would give them the appropriate referrals? Yes, that's right. Oh, great. Um... I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to speak with Dr. Marla Salmon, who is the dean of the School of Nursing at Emory University, and we were talking about the future of nursing. Research sounds like an interesting avenue for a nurse to pursue. How did you get involved in the project?
1: Well, I had always been very interested in uh, in nursing research. As part of my master's thesis, I was able to compare two forms of premedication for children undergoing cardiac catheterization, and I was really impressed that I got so much support uh, from the institution and that we were, in fact, able to change our protocol so that instead of getting two shots in the leg before they had their cardiac cath, we were then able to switch over to oral medication based on the pilot study that I did. So I was always very interested in affecting change, uh, particularly in the clinical area. So when I was returning to nursing after being an at-home mom for many years, research was an area that I was particularly interested in pursuing.
0: And what's your role in the current study?
1: Well, we have three nurses participating in this study. We are the only ones on the team that are unblinded because we need to prepare and administer the injections, the subcutaneous injections of either Zolaire or placebo. And of course, we have to, you know, then monitor the children. We, you know, monitor their vital signs. We do blood tests, skin tests, you know, that sort of thing. Deal, of course, with the families directly and uh, keep them amused.
0: <laughs> keep them amused. Yes,
1: keep them amused. They do have to come in fairly frequently, every two weeks or every month.
0: How do you get the people to keep coming back?
1: Well, you know, that's interesting. Although we've had some difficulty with recruiting, um, our retention rate has been over 90%. There are incentives, financial and otherwise, for the, uh, the families. When they come in, they get reimbursed each time. So that they know that each monthly visit they will be given reimbursement and we either provide free parking or we send a private car to pick them up so they don't have to worry about taking public transportation.
0: Oh, that's very convenient. Have you thought about bringing the study out into the community at all? I know Chicago has asthma vans, uh, perhaps community centers or through the schools.
1: We have actually done a lot of contacting uh, to community organizations. For instance, in addition to our own clinics here at the hospital, We've contacted uh, physicians and community health centers, also school-based community health centers. There are quite a few Chicago public schools that have health centers right on site, although unfortunately because of funding issues, they're becoming much less common. But we've also done things like we've gone to the Chicago public schools. I did a presentation for over 400 Chicago public school nurses at the beginning of the year about managing asthma at school and also discussed the study with them and gave them flyers and asked them to assist us with uh, recruitment. We've done things like attend community events we went to. They have a, a big, large Hispanic affair called the Dio del Nino that is a, a big health fair for the Hispanic community. So we were there. We had a booth. We you know, made posters, designed games for the kids to kind of attract them to come over. And then while they're there, we speak to their parents about asthma and the asthma study.
0: I'd like to pause just for a moment, Laurie, to welcome those who are just joining us and let them know that they're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and I'm speaking with Laurie Malinowski, MSN. We're discussing her role in the NIH-funded inner-city anti-IGE therapy for asthma study. So you're pretty much broad-based in terms of recruitment possibilities. Have you found any stumbling blocks to recruitment? You said you've only gotten about 28. You want more patients. What seems to be holding people back? It seems like a great opportunity.
1: Well, it is. And you know, despite the fact that historically the perception has been that racial and ethnic minorities are less willing to participate in health research, Recent studies, particularly out of the NIH, have shown that minorities will participate in health research studies at the same rate as non-Hispanic whites when they're made aware of the study and, of course, when they meet uh, medical requirements. So the main barrier is probably not necessarily the attitudes of the minorities towards a research, but uh, rather access or knowledge of the study's existence and you know, overcoming the logistical barriers such as transportation or missing school and that sort of thing. I mean, we know that something like over 2 million people volunteer to participate in something like 80,000 clinical trials every year, but of those, at least 90% of these trials are delayed because of lack of participation. So we know that this is true in general in the population, but we see it even more with ethnic minorities. And I think a lot of it can be traced to the fact that for people who are, you know, by definition in the inner city, they have to be at or below the poverty level. 20% of the census tract has to be below the poverty level in order for the zip code to qualify for the study.
0: You're recruiting based on zip code areas? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, it's zip code areas. And for these people, you know, daily life is very difficult. I mean, there was a recent article uh, in the Chicago Tribune looking at children who are facing specifically... They focused on children with asthma. And, again, you know, compliance, of course, with medication sometimes is an issue. But there was a father quoted in this study and said, you know, just getting my child safely to school because of gunfire or gang activity, that's my priority. You know, whether he gets his asthma medication, I know it's important, but sometimes it just slips down on the priority list. So sometimes just daily living and getting through the day can be a real challenge. And most of our families are single moms, often, you know, many children. So to take the time out to participate in this and to make it what amounts to a two-year commitment, it really is asking a lot. But on the other hand, most of the people are really motivated because they say, you know, all this time my child has really been uh, struggling with asthma, and it, maybe this is something that will finally help them. So they're motivated by really trying to change the health outlook for their children.
0: Other than compensation, what other benefits do the kids and the family get out of the study?
1: Well, uh, an important part of the study, what we're calling standard asthma care, includes not just a- management by the physicians, but also asthma education. And part of that is to provide them with asthma management tools. For instance, after we do a skin study, if a patient turns out to be allergic to, say, dust mites, one of the things that we'll do is give them mattress covers and pillow covers in order to reduce their exposure to that particular environmental allergy. Yeah, if they're allergic to rats or cockroaches, we provide them with traps. Um, We actually even provide them with a vacuum cleaner that they can keep in order so that they can provide us with a dust sample.
0: Do they have to get their own cheese? Uh, They do. (laughs) Those Uh, smelly cheese, than Cheese in this study. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Do you ever make a home visit to just see how the effect of the education wing is taking hold?
1: In this study, there are no home visits, although we have occasionally gone to a home, you know, for a variety of reasons, but none of them to specifically evaluate the home. In past studies that ICAC or the Inner City Asthma Consortium has conducted, one in particular I think looked at the relationship between weight and asthma. In that study, I believe they did do home visits.
0: So it's not just on Dr. House M.D. that they go home into the house and stuff out. Right,
1: right. That's correct. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Lori, our time has just flown by, and so I'd like to formally thank Lori Malinowski, MSN, for being our guest. We've been discussing the NIH funded inner city anti IgE therapy for asthma study from a nursing perspective. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and you've been listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions. Please visit us at ReachMD.com and enjoy our on demand and podcast features which gives you access to our entire program library. Thanks for listening. I wish you good day and good health.